Robots that can emote. Come up with Macbeth. Ma- oh, fuck. That's a tough word, Ben. <laughs> uh, you could say Rube Goldberg plans, if you prefer. <laughs> Just caught me off guard. <laughs> what, you weren't expecting Machiavelli? No. <laughs> <laughs> My intro joke? <laughs> Not with that voice. Uh, all right. Robots that can emote come up with Machiavellian plans and transform unnecessarily. Oh, and dress up like clouds, too, on this episode of WatchBots! Howdy, everyone. Welcome to WatchBots. This is Ben. If I could transform, I would be a rocket-powered skateboard. I'm joined by Shailen. Hello. Who would transform into a pony. Volvo. <laughs> it's so sensible. An efficient car. Yep. Still have to answer the... An E.T. robot doll. <laughs> okay. We'll just we'll just go barreling past that. And Dave, who would transform into a, a micro machine. Oh yeah, yeah, I like it. So here we are. I can't believe I didn't say Batmobile. And it's too Fuck. late. It's too late now. <laughs> the answer has been committed. Before Divorce reason didn't say Batmobile. <laughs> <laughs> the coolest Batmobile of all. Eighty nine. Now, before we get into our stuff it's time for our weekly people yelling at reboot clouds of the week here Mm -hmm. just in the past we'll say 36 hours midweek two new reboots have been announced both of them for me fall into like what fresh hell are we living in territory fill us in ben there's a new ninja turtles movie coming okay animated by Uh. produced by seth rogan and evan goldberg's company so Uh. the people behind like Sausage party. Mm. This is unnecessary. <laughs> unnecessary. I, I would I would watch that though. I enjoyed Sausage Party. I thought it was hilarious. I don't think we need to adultify Ninja Turtles. Can't we just have another Ninja Turtles cartoon? Right. Since two thousand seven. That's right. I'm sneaking research into the preamble part of the program now. We've you son had of a bitch. <laughs> we've had an animated movie mm-hmm. already that was bad. Two live action movies, which I haven't seen but are bad. Three cartoon series, all kind of the same, and there's another live-action turtle series in progress. And it's like, we're sort of in Terminator territory where it's like, eh, I think we're done here. It's like Scooby-Doo. It just keeps coming back, and there's nothing new about it. Yeah, pretty soon they're going to have like a you know, Ninja Turtle kids, yep. like before they were teenagers. Yeah. It's just turtles. But at least that would be kind of different. Like, throwing the dudes from Sausage Party at this feels meaningless, right? Like, it's like you're squeezing, like, the last bit of blood from that shell. Yeah. I feel like we're always, well, maybe not we, production companies are always chasing the dragon of that initial success. And it's like, do you know, and this is proven through, like, toys and memorabilia, as I'll talk about in a sec. Do you know what succeeds with reboots? Just taking the original thing 
in doing that, but better. Like right. putting like, oh man, his turtle tail looks like a cock or having an anime influence Ninja Turtles. It, it doesn't work because that's not what people want. So it neither needs to be exactly the thing that it was, but high quality, yeah. which the Ninja Turtles cartoon cannot be. Right. Or something completely different. This is why like Transformers Beast Wars worked because it was something so batshit insane, like a CG cartoon where Optimus Prime is a gorilla. And it was awesome because it had that same idea, but it was completely different enough that you didn't have to compare it back to original Transformers. I feel like She-Ra works for that reason is because it, it makes her really the f- sure. the new She-Ra. It's like she's empowered and her friends are like strong and tough. Mm-hmm. And it's not just like... Kid sister of He-Man looking real sexy like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They included like you know, it's a very diverse cast, if you will. And yeah. it's and it's it's an update and it's modernized uh in a meaningful way. Yeah. Not just exactly. like, hey, this guy ate pizza in the late eighties and now he's eating pizza in the in twenty twenty. Yeah. I mean to the me, boxes are recyclable now. <laughs> <laughs> At this point, Ninja Turtles lives best in nostalgia and collectibles. So a couple years ago there was a Ninja Turtles pizza cookbook and it was drawn in the style of the cartoon. And it's like, hell yeah, like fucking Michelangelo's fucking jelly pizza. I'm all over it. Or hmm. there's a company called Super 7. And if you're familiar with the reaction figures, so they take older movies and like they, they do fucking tons of these things now, but they make little old G.I. Joe sized yeah, toys. Yeah. They're doing the ha- Kenner sized. Yes, toys. exactly. They have the Ninja Turtles license, and they're producing their this Ultimates line, and it's the original Ninja Turtles toys. I don't know if it's from the same mold, but they're seven inches tall, and they come with all kinds of shit, and they look awesome, and they're oh, $45 awesome. a figure, and Whoa. that is where Ninja Turtles succeeds, because you're taking what worked. And charging $45 in action And figure. you're charging it toward the mid-30s collectible market, who goes, huh? <laughs> You know, the the mechanical turtle was pretty cool. You know, I've got some disposable <laughs> income. Yeah. And I don't I'll know. i buy that. Even um, Playmates came out with the Ninja Turtles line, the completely original one from the late mm-hmm. 80s, early 90s. They just re-released everything as it was just a couple years ago, maybe four or five years ago. Yeah. It was a little more expensive, but you could find it at Target in the kids' toy section. It was amazing. I wish I bought them when they all came out. Wish I had just a little bit of money to to buy those turtles <laughs> mm. instead of waiting five years and buying a bunch online and getting them back just stinking of nicotine and, and cigarettes. <laughs> now, the problem with that, and we're getting far afield here already, is the way that the toy game works now is it's impossible to keep up on. In a similar vein right. to this, Hasbro is putting out a new line of G.I. Joe figures, and they are... The characters that you know and love, um, Gung Ho doesn't have his Marine tattoo, but that's okay. But they're akin to like the Marvel series that you'll see in Target now or the Star Wars Black series. But Wave 1 came out and they're all, you know, normal guys. But Wave 2 comes out and there's an Amazon exclusive and there's a Hasbro store exclusive. So it's impossible for somebody like me who gets OCD about these things to like, you, you like you sprinkle one or two, but it's like, oh, but like this one's over here and now that pre-order sold out in like four minutes and it's just the adult toy game. And yes, this is a sad sentence. It's a, it's a, it's a bitch to keep up with. Sucks. <laughs> I live for complete sets of things. Right. 
And there is nothing that frustrates me more than what you're describing. Yeah. And so the way that I deal with it is by buying zero of them. No, no. See, no, I I'm like, fuck you, toy company. No, I don't want any of your toys if I can't have them all. I'm taking my ball and I'm going home. Nope, nope, nope. nope. You can't you, buy all the balls either. You got you to gotta play the game. Now, the other reboot here, and this one just fucking makes me mad, doing another Beavis and Butthead show. Why? And it's like, oh, man. Now, I loved Beavis and Butthead as a child because I was in that age range. I liked the movie. But Beavis and Butthead was of a time. Them skewering hair metal music videos, and it felt right. Yeah. They've also tried this before. And failed. <laughs> oh, miserably. Yeah. What's the reboot going to do uh, Like for the, the 2020s? I don't know. The press release had like Gen X and Gen Z, and uh, Jesus, I don't know. I mean, they brought this back 10 years ago, and it sucked. And it's like, what are they like? Are She's they going to be pe- mad about the fact that the economy keeps crashing? Like, whoa, whoa! They're going to be talking <laughs> about like thrilling cartoon entertainment, Twitch streams, and being like, ah, oh, this sucks. I, I don't know. <laughs> I just Mike Judge is involved, and Mike Judge has done a lot of things that I I really appreciate. You know, uh, Office Space and Idiocracy and Beavis and Butthead and King of the Hill. But this might be a bridge too far. Like, I can't fathom how that show works it's also like in that it's a reboot of a reboot and it's like oh man he's not going to make them like adults is he i don't know the the music videos that they watch just doesn't fit yeah like i don't know if they make music videos anymore i learned this week they do they do they do yeah what was the latest music video so weird al there was no he makes his (laughs) own that's different someone said something about watermelon sugar and i was like that weird richard Rodigan novel from the 70s and as it turns out they're one of the guys from one direction it, it's a song about um orally pleasuring girls and the <laughs> euphemism is fruit sure and so oh, hold, wait a minute that's never occurred to me before so someone someone posted about this but i was like are you talking about that weird novel and she's like what drugs are you on and i was like what are you talking about and then she shared the music video and i went oh you know if music videos exist still if we rebound back in time like four and a half minutes to the beginning of that story if you had given me three guesses as to where that was going i wouldn't have guessed any of those yeah i didn't (laughs) thank you for taking us down that path i I would have said like bon jovi is still doing something or it's some the guy from one direction like trump parody styles (laughs) talking about cunnilingus Yep. On a watermelon or something like that. Is that yes. what I, I think I got it right. The sweetest fruit of all, they say. Yeah. The ruby fruit. <laughs> yes. It's a real jungle. So yeah, so reboots, cut it out. <laughs> or Mike Judge, make us eat our words and put together an excellent product that we can't yeah. slam. I'll say this. Mike Judge, if you're out there, you make a good product, I will literally eat my words. Boom. Figure it out. Been out of the drop game for a while. And... Oh, no. I have a little one here. Uh, this is an abridged version of something that may have been on the end of last week's episode. But for those who didn't listen, we watched the Newsles and it was memorable. And, you know. Noodles. Noodles. Could have had 45 more seconds of that, but I said, no, listener, no, that's a joke. I won't run into the ground.
Which is a shame you should. <laughs> maybe, I'll, maybe I'll plug the long version into it somewhere. You know, in post, just lay it down really, really low for this whole episode. <laughs> just loop, 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 loop. Yeah, yeah. Yes. So this week, we are watching a show that I chose. And this is a cartoon that I think in a lot of ways is the the spiritual inspiration for, for this bullshit we do week to week. We're talking about Challenge of the GoBots. I'm very excited to talk about this cartoon. You guys, Ben has been giddy for a week. Right. Maybe more because he knew that this was coming this week. Right. Giddy. Giddy. So, Ben, what gives you the right to choose this amazing, amazing show? (laughs) Who do you think you are choosing excellent quality entertainment? You know... Some people like Transformers. No, I prefer Transformers to GoBots. But GoBots is a show that I remember having some of the toys, you know, when Transformers weren't available and you got a GoBot and you're like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> and then the cartoon would come on and you go, what the fuck is this? And I always had all these memories wrapped up in it, right? That it's just like this weird, insane, bombastic toy commercial. And when we were talking about how to put WatchBots together, this was a show that I went back to again and again, and it's like, was that show, like, it was real, but did I remember it the way that it was? Like, it was, was it as batshit insane as I remembered? And I'm happy to report that it was. And you could ask, why did it take a year and a half to get to this point? <laughs> and I don't know. <laughs> How to get our feet under us. Yeah, I'm a coward. You know, it takes, it takes time to build up to these things. Were you guys GoBotniks, which is a term I coined? I came from a Transformers household. Sure. I don't think I ever watched this TV show. Fucking snob. No, not it wasn't for any reason, but watching it, I was like, what is this? The whole time, I have no memory of it, which doesn't mean I didn't watch it. It just means I don't remember it. Yeah, I, I had never seen this show before this week, and I'm ashamed of myself. This is amazing. <laughs> I like this better than Transformers. It has, Boo. It has a charm to it. That is undeniable. That's true. Yeah. It That's has true. a certain joy de vivre that you just, you can't put your finger on it. But like all cool things, this came out of Japan, but not as directly as Transformers did. GoBots were from a company called Poppy or Poppy. I don't know how you pronounce it. Part of Bandai, who would be better known later for the Power Rangers line. They made a line called Machine Robo which was licensed and brought to America by the company Tonka. Now, Tonka, for those who would remember, really specialized in like die-cast vehicles and big construction cars and stuff like that. I mean, everybody knows Tonka trucks, mm-hmm. you know. Why they licensed this line that had nothing to do other than like transforming into vehicles, I guess, I, I don't know, but it led to this magic. There were cars. There were cars. Yeah, they were vehicles, and hey, what's what, what's the next logical step? Oh, man, if these vehicles could just turn into people, that's great. And then we can go on to a new line <laughs> of people. Toys. Exactly. It's bridging the gap. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It's magic. An interesting fact about Tonka that I discovered this week, the name Tonka comes from the Dakota Sioux word Tonka. And do you know what that means in Dakota Sioux? transforming robot lazy and slapdash so i feel like there you go that really applies pretty well here (laughs) they took this line 
And the GoBots toy line hit shelves in 1983. This is a year before Transformers hit shelves in America. I believe that they were already kicking ass in Japan at that point. But the problem became immediately apparent. The toys that Tonka made were cheap as shit compared to the Japanese versions, right? So the Japanese versions had more articulation. The molds look better. These look pretty cheap. If you've ever seen a GoBots toy, they don't even compare to Transformers in quality. They also put together just a shitty backstory immediately. So whereas the Transformers, and again, we'll make this comparison 3,000 times in the next hour or so, they came from Cybertron. Cybertron sounds cool. The GoBots came from Gobatron. (laughs) (laughs) Instead of Autobots in Decepticons, you have Guardians and Renegades. And it's like... The GoBangs. Oh, oh man. It just... It is rough stuff. But they had the jump, so you think that that would give them a good lead in the market. They also had the jump on the cartoon. So Challenge of the GoBots premiered in September 1984, a week before Transformers hit the air. Hmm. So they had the jump there, too. Tonka also partnered with Hanna-Barbera, who we know from, you know, Yogi Bear and the Smurfs and Jesus, everything. Everything. In a brand that maybe had been tarnished by this point, but still you hear that cool noise, which we will play. And it's like, oh, man, I'm, I'm in for it. You had talent on this show. Phil Hartman was on this fucking show, for God's sake. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, the the voice acting lineup for this show, like, I don't want to derail too far into the voice mm-hmm. acting power hour, but I'm going to do it. If, oh, wait, it's been it's been a long time. Uh, It's been a long time. Pat Fraley, Brad Garrett, and Dave Berger, voice <laughs> acting power hour. I was really just going to say Pat Fraley is the only person who did not appear on this show. Oh. Full stop. Jeez, that was a lot of setup. (laughs) That's why I said I didn't want to go too far. Frank Welker is definitely featured heavily and um, much to the show's detriment, I would argue. Uh, And we'll get there. He was Scooter. Peter Cullen, who is in every single thing. Phil fucking Hartman. Like, I'm I'm still stuck on that. Kath Susie, notably absent. Oh, my future mom. Your future mom. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I'm and- not explaining that reference any further. Go back in the archives. Find <laughs> it yourselves, listeners. Trash McNeil, Scott Menville, who I thought was like way, way, way younger than that. Rob Paulson. Like it's younger just- than what? <laughs> no, I thought that he was closer to our age, which means him voicing a character oh, in the 80s sure. would have made sense. But sure. I was wrong. It's fine. Do, do you have any more names you'd like to list? Those are the important ones that I have off the top okay. of my head. But okay. it was just as I, we were watching, I was like, I know that guy. I know that. What the fuck is the show? They have every single voice and yeah. no. It took three title cards to get through the voice cast at the end credits. Yes. Right. It was right. enormous. What There's an a enormous lot of people cast. involved in this. But again, a good cast and getting to the market first didn't help. And. There are a lot of reasons why. I mean, the show objectively is terrible. Yeah. But nope. Take that back. <laughs> there's also this interesting distinction, and I want to talk about it for a second here. With Transformers, transforming is really key to the equation, right? Like Autobots roll out. You know, they go from Teletran 1 to their destination in their car forms. And they have the, a cool sound effect. You know, Decepticons, Starscream, and Thundercracker, they turn into planes and they fly away. Here, that the GoBots can transform, and we will see a lot of examples, is incredibly ancillary. Yes. Leader One, who's the main guardian, is a plane, which is cool. Fighter jets are cool. But a lot of times he's flying around and he's not a fighter jet. So that he could turn into one 
is completely superfluous. So I think that real defining characteristic of the Transformers for GoBots, it's like, so fucking what? You know? Right. And also the transformations look like garbage. <laughs> but we'll talk about the individual vehicles as we go here. So the show is getting its ass kicked. So what do you do? You try to revive the line with a movie. So GoBots came out with GoBots Battle of the Rock Lords, which was meant to introduce a new toy line based around like rock people. Which I, I love know, the I concept of, just saying. <laughs> That's great. This, But like vehicles have, <laughs> you know, they're Wheels. varied, right? Yeah. And they can move and rocks are like, yeah, rocks all, are rocks. Yeah, they all pretty much look the same. Yeah. You know, like, oh man, I got granite. Cool. What do you got? <laughs> Quartz? Yeah. <laughs> now you might find one of those pet rocks or one of those rocks that's got like the key slot in the bottom so you can hide your keys in there. But that's that's pretty much what rocks have to offer you. You could turn them into Mount Rushmore. Anyway. What is the, what is the rocks? <laughs> this is great. Like, <laughs> what do they do? Like, hide. <laughs> like, quick, stand still. Well, as we know, the Guardians have their own holographic projections way to hide. So maybe being a rock isn't enough. Yeah. Now, Battle of the Rock Lords beat Transformers the movie to theaters did not do as well. <laughs> and so at every turn, Transformers just kicking this line's ass and eventually GoBots faded away. And then the ultimate insult in 1991 Hasbro partially on the back of Transformers making just oodles of money bought out Tonka, including the GoBots IP and challenge of the GoBots was made into an alternate universe, part of the Transformers continuity which is just like That's the awesome. chef's kiss on this whole equation. Like, <laughs> we kicked your ass so fucking badly that we bought you, and now we've shuttled you off into this corner as an alternate universe. It's like when a big software company buys another software company, and they're like, yeah, we're going to use the cutesy animation as a logo for something, mm -hmm. and the rest of your content is in the garbage. Yeah. As opposed to, again, Transformers, where you can find everywhere. You can find it on Tubi, Hasbro still producing the toys. GoBots is very much a relic of the past. Not a show that you can find on streaming services. Can't find the movie anywhere. If you go on eBay and look up GoBots, you can get mint in box GoBots from the 80s for relatively cheap. So it's just... And have you? No. I thought about it a lot, but I've never, I've never pulled the trigger. But it's a show that really is, you know, it's of its time. And maybe... One of the reasons for it is the episode we're talking about, which is Renegade Carnival. And this was toward the end of the run, so near the end of season two. This was written by Carla Conway, who did some episodes of Dino Riders, which is another show I love that is Tonka-related. Did some G.I. Joe episodes, did Transformers, did some writing for Marvel and DC. So on her own, did a lot of cool, amazing stuff. She also used to be married to Jerry Conway, who is a comics writer who created The Punisher. He also wrote the original Gwen Stacy death. So just between the two of them, like this cool fucking creating stuff. I'm like, oh, man. Imagine having yeah. them as parents. Yeah. I want to imagine what their house looked like. Do you think that they just had blank white walls? <laughs> yeah, they had the least creative home. Yeah. yeah it's just like pine Start accents white. with just everything white. Yeah. I don't need anything to distract me from my creative endeavors. <laughs> no windows. There is not a tchotchke in sight. Only slanted desks so you can do your doodling and your noodling. Yeah. Mm -hmm. In a home sweet home sign, for sure. For sure. Mm -hmm. And maybe a live, laugh, love sign over the, <laughs> no. over the sink in the kitchen. Maybe it a movie poster for Eat, Pray, for Love in the bathroom. <laughs> too soon. <laughs> Under the D Tuscan sun. Yes, yes. 
Now, this episode aired November 27th, 1985. What was going on then? Good question. Ooh, what were we seeing? It's contextual feeling. The top movie is appropriate for this week, so we'll be releasing this shortly after July 4th. Top movie in America that week was Rocky IV. A 90-minute montage. Just an amazing film about America kicking Russia's ass. Would feel appropriate most years. I feel like if Rocky IV was made this year, Rocky would throw the fight because Drago had a tape of him like drinking piss or something. Yep. You know? <laughs> Just the whole mystique of that movie is, is fucking dead. I read today that Sylvester Stallone said there was a director's cut of Rocky IV. <laughs> sure. So, like, this is a new trend that's really pissing me off, uh, mm-hmm. is just, like, release X director cut. Oh, yeah. Hashtag release the Stallone cut. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll watch, the, I would rock, watch the Rocky Four Stallone cut, but... What could be in there? Like, what would I be missing? Know. More montages? More montages. Yeah, more more that, injection scenes. Like, maybe the stuff that they cut out of the montages that made them montages? Him hmm. lifting the weights more and so much iron getting pumped? Yeah. That's true. Like, more sweat? I don't know. More running on the beach with Carl Weathers? I need 75 more minutes of Rocky training on the farm in Siberia. That's what I need. I'd watch at least another full-length song of that. Mm-hmm. Rocky Ford did have a kick in soundtrack, for it sure. It really, really yeah, did. Yeah. Robert Tepper, No Easy Way Out. Hearts on Fire. Ooh, that's good stuff, folks. Now I just want to go watch montages. Mm-hmm. You guys enjoyed this episode. I'm going to go upstairs. <laughs> All right. So anyway, Ben, go bots. Go bots had the best song ever can we agree on that it's great this is this is an amazing song this sets the scene for everything you're gonna get that amazing hanna-barbera noise and we're gonna let this play out because this is good fucking stuff Say what you will about the cartoon, but if you're not jazzed about it after hearing that song, I don't know what to tell you. It's like the G.I. Joe cartoon theme song and the Rambo 2 soundtrack had a baby. (laughs) It was gorgeous and beautiful and magnificent. This is... This is amazing. This is a celestial being of a song. (laughs) And where last week we talked about noozles and the only word in the song was noozles, the only lyric is, go bots! And it's awesome. It's so much more awesome. This was written and composed by Hoyt Curtin, who was sort of the house composer for Hanna-Barbera. So he did the Flintstones. He did the the Jetsons, Jetsons. Johnny Quest, Josie and the Pussycats, the Smurfs. All of those songs came from this guy. So just a certified fucking legend. Good stuff. I wonder if his house is all white for to prevent distraction too. Let's just say all of the houses are all white. Yes. (laughs) Just make a clean cut. Now, the song is good. But the intro itself is very strange. It shows the GoBots smiling, and that's sort of a key characteristic here, is they all have faces and yellow teeth and can smile. It's off-putting. It's off-putting. It also shows their weird transformations. So 
again, one of the key components of the Transformers is you get like that and it's pieces moving around here. Sometimes they do like a front flip. Sometimes they're just spinning. Uh, the helicopter character, Copter, literally bends over. So he's he's got a helicopter blade on his back. And when he's flying, his face is just looking at the ground. These are not terribly cool. And this is the best stuff because they're showing it to you right up front. This is the best they have. Leading with that weak, weak link. <laughs> <laughs> this is all we have. <laughs> but then... In classic cartoon fashion, the Guardians and the Renegades fly into each other, and then the Challenge of the GoBots logo comes out. That's the stuff I like. That's what I remember. There's lasers everywhere, and there's that cool, like, 1980s futuristic grid on the Mm -hmm. bottom of it. Oh, man, it's so sweet. It's like they live in the world of Crossfire. Yeah. Mm. You'll get caught up in it. So we see the title screen here, and you get more kick and jams. And then you get the renegades on the attack. So the renegades here are Psykill, who is the leader, starting a string of just horrible names. Psykill, he's got Charger, who's the woman. He's got Copter, who's the helicopter. And <laughs> just all sound like doom metal names. Yeah. <laughs> and they're going to attack Unicom, which is sort of the military science organization that the the guardians protect oh is that what it was i thought it was the building that they were attacking i think it's both i think it's the headquarters in the organization but as in many of these cartoons there's an energy shield right and they say right up front this energy shield is impenetrable we can't get through it so why are they attacking we'll let psychil explain this time we must break through we've got to stop that psychic before she can ruin any more of my plans look so they're going to get a psychic, right? Now, here's the thing. <laughs> We're in episode 57. This psychic that they mentioned that has foiled a lot of their plans has never been mentioned before, has never what? appeared before. Oh my God. You got to be kidding me. <laughs> nope. I thought she was like integral to the whole series. She is not. Like she came in like s- season two opener. Y- you think like, she's wearing like the Professor X Cerebro helmet and she's doing stuff? Yeah, nope. Yeah. She has never been brought up before. <laughs> I knew this from Ben telling me in the first two minutes of this episode, and he was like, I was going to wait until we recorded to let you know, but like, <laughs> I ha- I have to tell you this, and it's like all this pent-up, excited like Christmas morning energy coming off him, and I think it really influenced how I watched the show as a result, so I'm looking forward to Dave's perspective on these parts. <laughs> and, you know, all of the cartoons that did this, syndic- syndicated cartoons did this, right? Transformers, the idea is... You can watch any episode out of order and you're not really missing anything. Right. So as I've been going through the second season of Transformers, there's just new characters being introduced every single week. And it's like, oh, where did that ladder truck Transformer come from? But they just talk as if he's always there. So this is that. But as they present this psychic as somebody who has foiled their plots pretty consistently, it's like... Yeah, what? that's the thing. Excuse it's what, it's what, how they're framed, right? Yeah. Like, oh, we have a new transformer, and it's he's always been in the background, but we need a ladder today, so he's a fire. We have a fire truck, mm-hmm. right? Like for this, like I thought you like the way they presented her. Again, like you just think like you know, yes, yeah, Cerebro on her head, like she's calling all the GoBots mm-hmm. together, like she is the key to right. getting back to their home planet or whatever the fuck they're trying to do. Yep, but nope, not so much, and. This plan starts a 22-minute string of Psykill's plan being 
ambiguous at best and nonsense at worst. As we get to the end of the episode to our ratings, I really I want each of us to take a stab at what his actual plan was because I could never quite wrap my brain around it. But here, they're attacking a impenetrable energy shield to get to this psychic. And then the Guardians come out. So you've got our Guardians of the episode here are Leader One, who is a plane, as mentioned. He's kind of the Optimus Prime of the group. If Optimus Prime was like really whiny, you have Turbo, who's a car and sort of the second in command here. And you have Scooter, who you can equate to Bumblebee. I would say he's more the Orko from Masters of the Universe, like this bumbling idiot with the voice of Animal. Animal, Slimer, Slimer, Mm -hmm. every dog. Yeah, yeah. And the little creature on Futurama. (laughs) And that meatball from Aqua Teen Hunger Force. Oh, is that him, Tim? Hmm. I don't know if it's Frank Walker, but but it sounds awesome. (laughs) It's a good sound. So here you see where they cut some corners because the guardians and the, the renegades, they're just in the air. They're shooting at each other, but they're not really doing anything. They all shoot by sticking their arms straight out in front of them and just laser blasts come out and they're talking and you get the sense that there's things going on off screen, but the show does a ton of that, right? Where it's like, what is happening? Like transformations happen off screen. Action happens off screen. You never really see any of it. It's a very boring battle. I loved it. It was so chintzy. And like yeah. they shoot lasers like I imagine I would punch somebody just like arms <laughs> straight out and like running toward them. It's very funny. And eventually the Guardians ask Scooter to do something. So he shoots what looks like fart gas at the shield to help strengthen it. Mm-hmm. But then immediately the Renegades, as if they were trying to chip into an egg, they put like a crack in the shield. Yes. And it looks like it's missing glass. And they fly toward it, and it immediately repairs itself. And it's like, I'm not going to try to get into the science of this too much, but this this seems shoddy to me. I don't know. It felt very much like you were playing action figures with like an yeah. eight-year-old, and the eight-year-old is about to have his dude lose. And then it's like, well, you can't do that, though, because immortality on this one particular thing. It's like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, 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 th- I think that's why I loved it. You, you captured it, Shailen, like, this is like me playing with my toys when I was little, mm-hmm. but yeah. like just watching it. And, and I don't have to do anything, so I can just sit back and relax. This yeah, is great. This is equivalent to like a big budget summer movie where it's like, just turn your brain off and fucking enjoy it. Because yeah. This, yeah. this is all going to yeah. be completely insane. And, and Ben, you mentioned science. Yeah. The science in this episode is like next level science. For oh, there's a lot bots. going on here. Yeah. Like, it's amazing. <laughs> the air quotes science that goes on in this cartoon. There's science and it influences their plans. And so you kind of have to engage with it. But if you do, you're like, wait a minute, why are they doing any of this? Why yeah. is this happening? But but we'll get into it. So eventually the guardians are assisted by some fighter jets. And one of them, I'm theorizing, was piloted by film auteur Woody Allen. If you don't <laughs> believe me, take a listen. Group Alpha to Leader One, we're moving into attack renegades. <laughs> That's Woody Allen. <laughs> you can't tell me any differently. <laughs> and off screen, Woody Allen's plane is shot. And then leader one shoots like a ray and he gets him to the ground and the, the renegades leave. So that bad idea was foiled. And so we go into Unicom where we have the three guardians here. We have Dr. Hellstrom, who is very uh, hashtag me too ish looking. You have <laughs> Nick, who kind of looks like a young Dave, 
Uh, not that listeners who don't know Dave will understand that, but he's a he's a fresh-faced youth. You have AJ, and you have Matt. Now, Matt looks like one of my favorite characters, Rusty Jones. Yes. And if But if you don't know Rusty Jones, he also looks like Tom Atkins, the lead guy from Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> so we'll be spending the rest of the episode calling him Rusty Jones or Tom Atkins. Maybe a little Thomas Jane from Boogie Nights. Yeah, a little bit of that. He's got a mullet and a mustache, and he's wearing a jacket at all times. He's like the, the human leader, but... Oozes <laughs> machismo. Well, he's using something. Mustache. I was going to say, what? What would is he? Cheese? <laughs> what are you getting at? Um, the animation on this character's mustache, and I will, I will get into this many times mm-hmm. because Jesus, the scale. Yes, thank you. Oh my God, the scale. <laughs> the scale is tough. But to his around. mustache at different times, and like it grows and shortens. Mm-hmm. But it's like between. Is it a shots? stress reaction, perhaps? I think it's oozing. I don't think it's actual hair. I think he just has ooze coming off his face and everyone's too polite to address it. It could be. Just upper lip ooze. <laughs> yeah. The secret of the ooze. The scale here, though, yeah. is amazing. I wrote down- <laughs> It's so fucked up. I've never seen characters' shapes and sizes change so much. Like, you, you see, like, little flubs, right? Like, Donatello is red in one scene and he's mm-hmm. not purple. You know, and it quickly corrects itself. Whatever, that's going to happen. Yeah. But like, what's the blonde guy's name? Nick? Nick. Fake just, Fred. D- Dave, uh, the cartoon <laughs> Dave, shrinks and grows like in shots. They all do, yeah. yeah. It's amazing. Like not a cut or yeah. anything, but like in within shots. In this shot, he looks like he's like 20 feet tall. And later on, like he's inside of Blockhead, who's the cement mixer renegade. And like he must be six inches tall for that scale to work. Like the way that this show plays with size and plays with is giving it too much credit, right? The way that the show just ignored the convention of the size (laughs) of their characters to make it work. (laughs) It It really played with light and color a little bit here. I also really like the way that sometimes they try to make it look like, oh, well, we messed this up because forced perspective. See this thing in the very front that we're showing you? And it's like, no. No, the robot cannot possibly be half the size of that boy right. who 10 seconds ago was only three inches tall. It's weird stuff. We'll, we'll call out a few more examples as we go. So so all is well. We meet Mira as well, who's the psychic. And she she does a lot of like rubbing her temples. So either she's got a migraine or she's doing something psychic. But She looks like a reenactor from Unsolved Mysteries. Oh, yeah, yeah. I could see that. So now we cut to the renegade's human pal. And his name is Wheeling. And he's walking around in what kind of looks like a junkyard, but he walks into a warehouse that has like haunted house stuff in it, right? And this is where he meets Psykill. Now, why are they meeting, you may ask? He tells us, which I'll play, but it doesn't make it like a sense. It's done! I've sold the rides and fun house to the traveling carnival! So, <laughs> so let's, let's jump ahead a little bit here. Wheeling has sold rides and apparently their fun house, they're into a traveling carnival. Now, it must be a, a startup carnival because they don't have rides and stuff. Were they just traveling before and then they became a carnival? Yeah, they were just a, a family. Just a band of gypsies. Like, you know, oh, yeah. We'll you know the Ferris wheel. Starting a carnival. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag startup hey, carnival. Hey, that guy's got a Gravitron. Let's go buy it. <laughs> It's crossed my mind when you see weird stuff like that on the side of the road. Yeah, I mean, we have a family in our town that runs a carnival. So you drive by their house and you see like the bones of old rides and stuff. But none of this makes sense because the 
renegades are running the carnival later, so I'm not sure what they sold or did they sell other rides and they built new rides? I don't Maybe, I don't yeah, get it. I I, I truly know. was like, wait a minute, this this is insane. What's happening? I also here? thought this was when uh, he walked into the to like you know, there's like skeletons and cobwebs and stuff I'm like is this the renegades base this is amazing yeah. it's like transformers <laughs> met skeletor it's so cool and i was like oh wait he's in, th- those are props it's just skulls <laughs> and stuff yeah it, it's it's weird so they're hanging out and he's going to give wheeling his money but he also gives him another little treat but first place this skull on top of the funhouse it contains a frequency scrambler that will prevent the guardians from detecting our presence and it's like oh okay well a frequency scrambler that would make it hard to find them that kind of sort of makes sense and then he talks to charger who is russian i think i don't know what her deal is but like robot maleficent yeah <laughs> she has that look she has a very flat face yeah. yeah and he's like i have a plan for the psychic mirror well what is it you know <laughs> like say what you will about megatron his plans never worked but at least he made it clear to the audience what he was trying to do right this is a little bit more obtuse so these wheels are set in motion. We go back to Unicom, where Dr. Hellstrom is working on, I'm just going to say a Cerebro, to mm-hmm. amplify Mira's psychic output, but it seems unnecessary because she's good at being psychic. And he is looking sketchy as fuck. He's looking very sketchy. Yeah. Like, yeah. This guy couldn't have looked more nefarious. And and they're like, his yeah, name's Hellstrom, <laughs> for yeah. God's sake. His name's Hellstrom, and he's about to tie someone to the railroad tracks. <laughs> and he's got male pattern baldness, which is <laughs> just a signal for evil in cartoons. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. You can't trust him. As we find out later, his plan was not to make a machine that would amplify, but a machine that would impair Mira yes. for the other reasons. But why the rest of the crew would be like, oh, well, she's been amazingly effective before. We should hook her up to an untested machine to make her more effective. Like, they're all fucking idiots. But but they don't get into any of this. Now, now I know I know Miro is first introduced in this, this episode. Is mm-hmm. Hellstrom also first introduced? Yeah, I believe so, yeah. Okay. I believe he is. Going into this cold, it was like, wow, she's been here for a long time. Hellstrom must have been here for a long time. Right. And, uh, you know, sorry, listeners, spoiler alert. When he betrays them, <laughs> it's like, did they not realize at all that this, like, creepy, evil-looking man was going to be evil? <laughs> Who kept stuttering when they were like, but why? And he was yeah. like, well, <laughs> because of reasons, I say. Mm, don't ask me questions. Uh, because of evil science. <laughs> he had just started last week. His references included uh, Dr. Badman, Professor Minge Farmer. and uh, Dennis Pestilence. (laughs) They, they, I mean, they all checked out. And uh, James Apocalypse. (laughs) So they turn on the machine and it seems like it's not going well, but it seems like it's kind of going well, depending on your perspective. So I I, I don't know. Good for Mira. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Who can say? So she starts screaming that Psykill is in the building which is wrong. But then the camera cuts to Tom Atkins, his shocked face, and then it zooms in real tight on him. And this is the first of like 35 times that this happens in this show because he's shocked. And then Turbo and AJ walk in. And I didn't grab a clip of this, but let me paraphrase it. AJ has a poster for a carnival. And she says, hey guys, everyone's at a carnival. 
<laughs> and then she sees that Mira is in great pain. The camera zooms in on her face and she's like, oh no, what happened? And then she's fine. And leader one says, we should check out that carnival. What? <laughs> what? Yeah. what? What was that? Those traveling carnivals don't just pop up, Ben. <laughs> they don't just travel around and pop up randomly. You got to check them out. <laughs> in the before times, before before COVID, you know, you'd see posters for things in your town. And I'm not grabbing every poster off a pole I see, bringing it home, being like, Shailen, everybody's at this wrestling match. <laughs> we should go check out that wrestling match. But this is like, Leader One suspects something nefarious because it's a carnival and he's right but the way it's presented is so strange it's like he's acting on no information whatsoever maybe he's just genuinely interested about carnivals i don't know i don't know man it was confusing at best maybe he's highly paranoid about everything and like in other episodes he does this and he's like we need to check out that porter potty side kills in there (laughs) and he's wrong but like one percent of the time he's right and he just happened to be right this episode (laughs) I like that idea. A broken clock is right twice a day. Exactly. A stopped clock, not a broken one. That's right. As I said broken clock, I was like, wait a minute. That's not true. (laughs) And here I was thinking that that metaphor was wrong and I was going to nail it to the wall. But in fact, no. And I just blindly agreed with you. It was just me. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck. Stupid as these go-bots. All a bunch of lemmings. So Leader One sends Nick, who is fake Dave, and Scooter to the carnival. They go to the carnival where you immediately see a fake Fred Flintstone and a fake Donald Duck. And it's like, oh, okay. (laughs) Did you love like when they were panning over, you know, the establishing shot of the carnival? There was like a little big boy logo thing there. And it was just like, it it was drawn differently than the rest of the scene. I was like, what the fuck? I just happened to pause on it. I was like, what the fuck is this? Did the the cartoon change? And then it pans over to Donald Duck at the top of the the fair entrance. It's amazing. It it, it looks completely differently. It's like they drew it in like four seconds. Like, ah, fuck. I don't want to draw all this shit. Just draw a fucking Donald Duck. I don't even have the right tools. Like, just give me some colored pencils. (laughs) So, Nick is dressed like a person. And Scooter, to blend in, I guess, is dressed like Pagliacci the Clown. (laughs) This is truly mystifying. I saw it's a beautiful way. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know why he's dressed like a clown, but Scooter's lone job is to make sure that the area is clear. There are no guardians. He is confident as shit in four seconds. This is all fine. But then this happens. Wow, a fun house. I got to check this out. Catch you later, Scooter. Nick! So you can see abandonment issues there, but you can also see that they dress Scooter so he would be inconspicuous. So then Nick immediately leaves him to be conspicuous on his own. Like, okay, whatever. But it has to happen, right? Because the renegades need to see Nick. They saw him standing next to the clown robot. Didn't recognize the clown robot, but the second he's in that. It's true. (laughs) Who's that 30 foot tall man he's with? Oh, no, that's just a clown. <laughs> Typical fair with their giant clowns. The clown's just singing opera. It's fine. It's just fine. hiding in plain sight, man. <laughs> but Nick goes into the haunted house, or the, they call it a fun house, but it's really a haunted house. And Psykill says, we should scare him. And I thought, oh, they're going to capture him. They're going to kill him. This is nefarious. This is where the plan gets set in motion. But no, Psykill and Blockhead who's the cement mixer, they're literally just running the fun house. So they're pulling levers 
and like things are popping out and it seems like pro bono carnies yeah like they're literally just trying to scare him Mm -hmm. but eventually well uh, we'll get him (laughs) they pull a lever and nick falls down a chute and we see that he's fallen into blockhead so he's fallen into the cement mixer the way that they show the cement mixer it looks like it's approximately 30 feet tall like again the scale here is a fucking nightmare but they start to spin it around a little bit. And then Psykill delivers one of the lines of the episode. Just one of. There's a, there's a lot of good ones. Let's add a new slant to our twist. What? <laughs> what does that mean? No, we'll know in a second. Like, yeah. Like, I get literally, but it's like his one-liner quip, and it's like, that. that's bad. Yeah. Let's mix things up a little bit. Would have been better. Or... Let's put his feet in cement and drown him would have been better. But what he refers to. Just imagine the writer's room. I know. <laughs> Let's guys, add a slant to our twist. Guys, I got it. I got it. They were sipping a gin and tonic. And he's, he had like a straw that was at an angle. And he saw his lemon twist on there. And he's like, slant? Twist? Slant twist. Slant twist. <laughs> <laughs> now, what Psycho was referring to is the cement mixer starts to tip up. And Nick sees Psykill, or he, who he thinks is Psykill, because he falls, and it's just a paper picture of Psykill. And Nick is fine, and he walks out of the funhouse. And he laughs about the fact <laughs> that it was a very realistic-looking hallucination. So he had a delightful time in the funhouse. Ha ha ha, got him good. <laughs> so, so he leaves, and Blockhead makes a reasonable point. You should have let me finish him. No, no, no. That would bring the Guardians here before my trap is set. But by tonight, I'll be ready for them. Why oh. did you start the carnival before you set the trap cycle? <laughs> yeah. Why does Nick's death just negate his trap? Like, he could kill him and then also set the trap. Why didn't That's he right. set the trap before he advertised his carnival? Or, the real question, what is the point of them doing this carnival? To lure them in. Nope. And do nothing. <laughs> the carnival had nothing to do with them kidnapping the psychic. So I uh, was it because of the skull with the frequency? They could have literally put that skull anywhere and be like, oh, it's a skull. That well, the, is true. The frequency scrambler only helped them at the carnival. So if they rented the carnival to put the frequency scrambler at the carnival, but nothing that they did at the carnival was necessary for it to be there. Yeah, it wasn't like they set up the traveling carnival to like attract Nick in Scooter. Like they just happened to go there. Right. Oh, man, this is melting my brain. You could even argue... Maybe they rented the carnival for an inconspicuous hangout. And I'd say, okay. Except they were running the carnival. Right. They, because they were working there. The very next actively. scene is you well, see, they, you they see just, like. They value hard work. Yeah, that's Leave true. Leave them alone. These renegades have a work ethic. Did they need money? They had to earn money at the carnival to pay for the trap that they're going to set? Maybe they paid wheeling out of the carnival profits. I, I don't know. It's very confusing. So the very next scene here is you see like a classic carnival spinning ride. And a kid has a problem. Yay! Yay! What you see is that the helicopter spinning ride is in fact the character Copter who has plastic helicopters attached to his rotors so he's just acting as the ride. And he's not happy about it. No, he's he's an actual helicopter so like his, his those propellers could just go and like maim. Yep, yep. At any time. But he's he's a good soldier. He's a good renegade and he, he runs the ride and they get the tickets and then the day goes on. And Nick goes to find Scooter, and he notices that he's surrounded by children. And uh, this is a little disturbing. 
Okay, gang, it's time for Mr. Happy's snack break. Mr. Happy gave me the heebie-jeebies. Agreed. Was Mr. Happy what Ace Ventura called um, Ray Finkel's dick? No, that was Mr. Winky. Was it Mr. Winky? Oh, I I wanted it to be Mr. Happy so bad. He found Mr. Winky. Hmm. I'm pretty sure. I feel confident that that's what it is. Was that Jim Carrey? (laughs) In the room? What would he say, like, if he was running really fast and he needed to be slowed down? Like, what, what, would, what would Jim Carrey say in that situation? I have no idea what you're getting at right now. Somebody stop me. Oh. Yeah, come on, give me a... Give me a give... <laughs> I can't do it. Listeners, hit us up. If you know what Ray Finkel's dick was called, hashtag Isotoner. So <laughs> he gets Mr. Happy out of there. And now we're with Dr. Hellstrom and we're with, with Mira, Mira? Maya? Mira. 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 We're Maya in my notes. I'm such an idiot. And Dr. Hellstrom comes off very like creepy and horrible here. And they have this really bizarre conversation that she's very scared of Psykill, but she's been using her powers for years to thwart Psykill. So I guess I wasn't quite getting it too much. I think that she was afraid of him because she could see the evil inside him. Sure. So she used her powers to try to protect herself sure. and her friends, ostensibly, mm-hmm. including Ooze Stash. Makes sense. That makes sense. So Dr. Hellstrom locks her in the room, and he, he also has a skull a coin thing, and it's like a tracker. So he puts it on the curtain to signal Psykill that, that the jig is up. Matt and AJ and Nick are in the hallway right outside Mira's room. Leader One and Turbo are in front of the Unicom building. Scooter is in the lobby, right? You'd think that they have the place locked down. But listen to this. Any sign of our renegade pals, Turbo? Nope. Maybe they're not gonna come. Oh, they'll come all right. Now, first of all, they'll come all right <laughs> is a fine line. Mm-hmm. But you hear the loud truck, and no, that's not a scene shift. They're literally on one corner of the building. You see Blockhead drive directly behind them very loudly. Yep. He's a giant cement mixer. Like, how did they not notice it? <laughs> and, oh boy. So Blockhead breaks into the room. Like, he's on the outside of the building. He reaches in King Kong style and grabs Mira. Matt and the gang jump in. And Matt's got like a Han Solo looking blaster. And oh holy God. shit, this is amazing. So he starts firing. Now, mind you, Blockhead's head, shoulder, and arm are inside the room. He is holding Mira inside the room. Mira, by the way, in this scale, must be like a foot tall. Right. Matt and Blockhead start having this laser fight, and Matt is not a crack shot. He's like, we're blasting all over the place. Nobody's hitting anything. <laughs> There's he just like green Mira flashes. Like four times it's according amazing. to like the impact of the, the, the laser hits. It's absolutely fantastic. I have spent many hours agonizing over the explanation. And as far as I can tell, they gave Matt a, a practice mm-hmm. laser blaster. And it's just like a flashlight ray gun. <laughs> and nothing actually comes out of it because there's no damage to this room. He hits the bed, no change. He hits the human, no change. Yeah. He hits the robot, nothing. No wonder this war keeps waging on. Like, they can't hurt each other. They don't have weapons. I've never fired a gun, but I imagine if I did, it would look a lot like what Matt was doing here. Like, <laughs> you know, like he thinks he looks cool, but he's just like, he doesn't move, but there's just shots going all over the damn place. It's insane. It's yeah. weird. So like I said, Dr. Hellstrom is in the corner of the room as well. And he looks to be about the size of Blockhead's hand, 
Mira is inside Blockhead's hand, so maybe he like scrunched her down somehow. I don't know. I don't know. But he flies away, and the way that this happens is Blockhead's body doesn't move or his expression. Like he stays perfectly still while the background around him moves. It's <laughs> cheap animation 101. Perhaps he just has the best weapon of all, which is guile. <laughs> they were fighting for a while, but it takes the Guardians about an hour to get there. So eventually, Leader One and Turbo climb up the outside of the building and... What happened here? You have to ask. <laughs> Scooter gets sassy all of a sudden. Yeah. 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 <laughs> First of all, what is that? Scooter, you suck. <laughs> Scooter sucks. Scooter's the poochie of this episode. Agreed. Yeah. And they call him Scoot all the time, and I don't like that. <laughs> Scoot's too close to scat, and I don't I don't care for any of that. Or poot. Yeah, yeah. Well, Dr. Hellstrom, the genius mastermind, is just muttering in the corner, oh, he was supposed to take me with him. I was going to be with the renegades. And AJ says, oh, you're fucked. You know, you're, you're going to prison for a long time. And then she turns into Judge Dredd. Oh, I think you misinterpreted the situation. You can tell it to the jury, doctor. I am the law. <laughs> That's pretty much the end of Dr. Hellstrom until the end here. So the Guardians take the people somehow. And I was thinking about this later because Matt pops out of Leader One's cockpit, but Leader One flies to the carnival not as a plane. So Matt must have just been like lying like a corpse, like inside Leader One. That must have been uncomfortable is what I'm getting at. Yep. You, you don't know, just swallow your friends to bring them places? <laughs> and, I mean, you can. You can. I mean, it's not it's not clear either how Turbo or Scooter got the other humans there because they are wheel vehicles. You can swallow your friends to bring them to, like, you know, new heights. Sure, sure. Yeah. Oh, gross. Such great You heights. said it. <laughs> I said it in the context of GoBots. You said it. You double entendred it. The GoBots. The GoBots. <laughs> the GoBots. <laughs> so on the way to the carnival, well, they don't know they're going to the carnival. They're only following the, the cement mixer guy. Leader One asks Scooter, like, hey, you checked that carnival. You said it was clean. And Scooter notes immediately, oh, there must have been a frequency scrambler. So they know that there are frequency scramblers, which can fuck up their readings, but they don't know enough to look for a frequency scrambler. Leader One doesn't care about this. I, it, I was able fine. to forgive this, given <laughs> the rest of the science of the episode. Yeah. So, or logic. It's not even science. That's fair. We're to the point in my notes where I just kept writing, scale, scale, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> so they see Blockhead drives into the carnival, and they all land. And Nick makes a, a really intelligent statement here. Looks like they've closed up some of the attractions. Yeah, and there's Blockhead. What? They closed some of the attractions. What the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> That's insane. <laughs> That's what I say when fairs close. <laughs> oh, man, they closed up some of the attractions. They hear Mira is inside Blockhead Cement Mixer, so at least she has plenty of space to move around. But then <laughs> all of the other renegades show up, so now the Guardians are surrounded. Yeah, there's Psykill and Crasher and Lorenzo Lamas. <laughs> and Loco the Train and Lorenzo Lamas. <laughs> who voices Loco the train and the guardians are outnumbered. And this is something that, that always bugged me a bit about transformers as well. There's only the three of them here. Mm -hmm. There are many, many, many other guardians. These are just the three that are in this episode. 
Interesting. None of the other ones ever show up. This happens in Transformers too, where it's like, what about like Wheeljack? He's just off doing something else. I guess. On a mission. Not important. Yeah, it's like w- when they want to solve the problem, they bring in the robot that can do that has the powers to do that. And when they want to create drama, they don't bring in that robot. Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh, if only we had a robot with a ladder. It's like, no, no, oh, sorry, he's not available. I don't. He's um, <laughs> he, he's been furloughed. He's. <laughs> Until COVID's gone, you know, uh, get on unemployment. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. So they get in a laser fight and the renegades have top position so they can fire down. But it doesn't seem to matter because, again, similar to the Unicom building, they're just firing at nothing. Nobody's even remotely getting hit by this. The lasers that do make direct contact do not inflict any damage whatsoever. Right, right. They went to the G.I. Joe marksman school. (laughs) <laughs> or it's like very poor that laser tag game you could buy like a toys r us back in the day you know you hit somebody and it makes a noise and you're like i'm hit you know i'm out right <laughs> maybe like just pretend they don't want to hurt anybody i don't know but anyway leader one puts up a force field for some reason even though nobody is hurt or getting hurt or in danger of being hurt and this is going to drain his energy and they decide oh well this isn't going to work we, we got to run so Leader one flies away. Turbo does like a front flip and a twist to turn into his car form. And it is, there's, there's a GIF up on the Jiffy site. It is as lame as it sounds. They leave the humans, just abandon them completely. Matt and AJ go to the merry-go-round. Scooter, and again, just, oh, the lamest transformation, turns into like a moped and Nick rides him away. And it's just like, oh, God, I want the Renegades to just kill these fucking losers. <laughs> this is sad. So I'm going to be honest here. I think I missed a couple minutes of this cartoon. Okay. But I don't think it matters. <laughs> I must have skipped, like, accidentally skipped ahead or something. I only watched it once. Because, like, all of a sudden the carnival was just gone. And it meant nothing. Oh, the and carnival think, never meant anything. Yeah, and, that's a, and that, apparently that's fine because it means fucking nothing. <laughs> the plan gets more complicated as we go. So Matt and AJ are in a firefight with Wheeling, who, as we remember, is the the human helper. He's on top of a roller coaster, seemingly hundreds of feet away, and he's using like a sniper laser rifle to shoot at Matt and AJ. Matt uses his crack shot Han Solo blaster, <laughs> destroys this roller coaster, and he turns around. And somehow, within three seconds, Wheeling has transported hundreds of feet and just, like, crushes Matt with his girth. And then AJ has to run away. On an entirely different location, Turbo is on the run from Crasher, who is also a car. And there's a train there. Like, the train's just hanging out on the tracks, and it's called Loco. Yeah. And we get some of this battle banter. This is amazing stuff. Now, I'm going to terminate your turbine, Turbo! great stuff it's good. filled with that the gobot or renegade loco mm-hmm. kind of sucks no no your power is that you're a train like the only way you can run is if there's tracks like you are stuck yeah. permanently not his fault though it's just how he was built on some level that's the role i want right mm-hmm. no decision making Mm-hmm. very little ability to actually affect change in any situation. It's like, hey, man, I'm here to help. 
in whatever capacity I can help you with, unfortunately. You're near the tracks, I'm here to help. But if you're away from the tracks, not my problem. <laughs> it's He's the bureaucrat of the robots. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he, I mean, say what you will, he's effective. He stops, he stops Turbo and puts a neural lock on him. Neuro I don't know what lock. a neural lock is. I don't know what it does. But it, they're they're confident that it's completely destabilizing because they put this on Turbo and just leave. <laughs> they just wander away. And AJ shows up and she tries to take the neural lock off. I'll remove the neural lock. <laughs> it's not coming. As you would expect, it doesn't come. Like, like a fucking robot put this on a robot. What do you think? You're just going to pull this thing off? That is indeed what she thought, yes. It's important to note here, there's just no personality to any of this. I enjoyed the animation of this particular character because they kept giving her googly eyes. And that was the only redeeming value she had. Oh, yeah. Her pupils never set. They say, like Michael Bay movies, it's a lot of, like, sound and fury. But there's, like, it's just stuff that's happening. This cartoon felt a lot like that. Like, there's all these battles going on and people are yelling and it's like, this is just meaningless stuff that's happening. It doesn't matter. That's what I sign up for, though. Like, I love that stuff. Like, oh, man, it's just like a giant piece of candy. That's true. So AJ can't get the lock off. Now, this is this is where it gets good, because in the background, behind some rocks, there's a enormous clown. I, I don't know if this clown was on the side of a building or <laughs> it looked like he was in the mountains. And then the clown changes color and it had been Scooter who had created a projection. Yeah, <laughs> he was like, we all float down here. Yeah. <laughs> and he wasn't he wasn't even hiding. He was just he standing in the rocks. <laughs> What was what was this? Well, because he has holographic projections, right? Of course, and they're cursed. They're cursed holographic cursed. projections. But he's able to get the neural lock off. So that group is together. So now AJ and Nick and Turbo and Scooter. We know Matt's been captured. We know Mira's been captured. Leader One is in a fight with a bunch of renegades. For whatever reason, here he turned into a plane, and I like I couldn't stop thinking like you were doing fine in the other battles, not as a plane. You could still shoot. Like there's no point to this. But they end up shooting him, and he falls on the ground, and he looks so sad. He looks like he wants to cry. <laughs> He's just so sad to be captured. This is where I appreciate them having faces. Like, <laughs> I enjoyed them having faces. Like, the Transformers are just, like, you know, kind of eyebrows that move up and down sometimes. Yeah. But, the, like, the fact that they have faces is hilarious, and it helps them emote and all that. It's, it's great. No, no, no. Like, if I want a sad robot, I'm watching AI artificial intelligence. Like, I don't mm. want, like, a sad Optimus Prime. Except Optimus when he dies. Prime was often sad. Yeah. I, he was morose and thoughtful, I think, more than anything. Oh, I like that. Leader like One, though, just looks... like blanket of the Transformers, wasn't he? <laughs> um, I mean, a lot of the Autobots were, were wet blankets, really. That's what he turned into. Yeah. yeah. Like, Perceptor, the telescope... Um, I'm sorry, Microscope, didn't want to fight. Like, he wanted to do science, and then they kept making him fight, and he was kind of a bummer about it. But uh, anyway, here, Leader One just looks like a blubbering baby. So their plan is to load them all onto a train. Before they do that, Mira has to get her two cents in. I don't need psychic powers to know that you'll never win, Psykill. <laughs> I'm going to prove you wrong, Missy. Plan was to get the psychic, which he has done. He also has leader one. He also has Matt. And then he puts them on a train. Now, while this is happening, the rest of the Guardian gang, they're together. They watch them leave, so they know where they're going, and they say, we have to follow them. Right. But then on the train, Matt and Mira are talking, and Mira is sending psychic projections. I don't understand Mira's power. 
her psychic projections, they're like ESP. Like she can communicate with things. Right. But she can also communicate with the GoBots too She's or something. Like convenient telepathy. Yeah. <laughs> CTP, convenient telepathy. Yeah, yeah. She's got that um, version of telepathy that the writers at midnight when their deadline is 12.01 right. come up with. Why did that take me so long? To <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't know. The, the, Sheila, wait, I don't think that's true. Wait a minute. <laughs> that's not a real thing. But the Guardians here are following the train already, and Nick says something confusing. You led us right to it, Nick. How'd you know where they'd be going? I think Mira told me. But they had already seen that they had the train, and they were going towards the train, and they were following them, so I don't yeah. know what Mira... Like, did they did? have to? I don't think they had to further establish that she was a, a, a telepath. And, like, what did she tell them? Like, we're on train. I, I I don't, I'm truly confused as to what the point of any of this was. But so they land. Scooter goes to free Matt and Mira. Nick and AJ go to get the neural lock off of Leader One. Again, they don't know how to do this, but somehow they do. And Turbo goes to create a distraction. So. Scooter breaks into the car where Matt and Mira are. Wheeling is also there. And we get a quick man fight. Sounds like this. Ah! It's a good man fight. <laughs> and <laughs> like uh, that time we'd fought, Ben. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ed Crasher is chasing Turbo. And they're in the sky. And then they transform into cars. And it, like, it just seemed completely pointless. And then Crasher crashed into some rocks even though she should have seen them coming and she can yeah, also she transform got, uh, and fly she got last crusade yep. yes she did get last crusaded it's true it's all very confusing while this is all going on Psykill is with the cement mixer blockhead and he seems to think that everything is okay because he starts talking about his a head team listen to this I've sent twin spin tank and blockhead ahead to prepare thruster for departure to rogue star what what, what, what were like Hammerhead and Flip Top? Well, like, what were they going to do? Like, he sent them. Where were they? They're going Rogue to Rogue Star. Star. I think they They're talked going to about the city that Dick Tracy policed. <laughs> They're talking about like rockets at one point. Like, what, what the hell was going on? What, what was his fucking plan? <laughs> They're all going to Rogue Star. What is Rogue Star? I have no idea. Unimportant. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> okay. Some fucking bullshit. So this may have been the funniest thing I've ever heard because he's like Flip Top and Hammer Man. Who who are these people? And Mush Mouth (laughs) and Oil Pan. And Chamber Pot. His world comes crashing down because Leader One comes in and he's like, your plan's not going to work. And Matt comes in and it looks like he's got a black eye and Scooter insults Psykill. And if you don't mind my saying so, this was one of your dumbest schemes yet. He's not wrong. He's not. I mean, he's not wrong. So if you're getting burned by Orko, for God's sake, you've really fucked up. That's true. But they're all getting ready for a firefight, and then Turbo is outside. He tells Loco to stop. Loco's like, "You can't shoot at me. Like you'll kill everybody on the train." And Turbo says, "The fuck I can't." And so he causes like a, a fill-in on a cave, and the train derails, except for the car that they're on, which doesn't derail or flip it just seems like there was some minor inconvenience and then the renegades fly away and that's the last we see of the renegades so that plan check that one off as foiled whatever it might have been. whatever it may have been we go back to unicom where mira is well thanks for all you've done for me 
My psychic powers have been gradually returning. <laughs> okay. I think that's how they work. Yeah, they, they just go ebbs and flows, or the machine yeah. disrupted them. It's like a muscle. Like, if you work it out too much, it gets tired, and you have to let it rest. <laughs> and she hears a commotion, and it's the holding cell where Wheeling and Dr. Hellstrom, they're in the one cell, I guess, Unicom has, and they're arguing, and it looks like they're just going to like just start making out. And they're talking about the machine, about Dr. Hellstrom's that I'd forgot about. And it just, it just ends. It just ends from there. And that is Challenge of the Gobots. <laughs> question, question mark. I mean, it is the end. I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's not disputable. Um, so would you show this to a child? Dave? Hell yeah. Yeah, I would. It's it's great. Like I mean, like it, it, it's got all like nonviolence, right? It's just everybody's missing shots, sure, um, and nobody gets hurt um, except for Matt's mustache. Um, but like, yeah, I would I would show this to a kid, and I would watch it right right next to them. It's, it's amazing. <laughs> Good stuff, Shannon. Yeah. I wouldn't like seek it out though. It was tepid. I'm gonna say no. Okay, why? It's denser than fucking Dubliners. Stuff. <laughs> How's a kid gonna figure this out? And let's go for a rating. Let's go with one to five Pagliacci's. And as part of your rating, I would like a summary of what you think Psykill's plan was. A succinct summary. Who would like to go first? I'll go first. Okay. I rate this a four and a half. I was thoroughly entertained. Mm-hmm. And at the end of it, I w- was in a state of what in the fuck? And I didn't even care. <sighs> a fugue state, if you will. Kind of like if you have a really great night with friends when you drink a little bit too much and you wake up and you're like, I feel happy, mm-hmm. but I couldn't tell you what we talked about. Mm-hmm. Like, that's that's what it is. And what was Psycho trying to accomplish? So the real answer is I have no idea. Mm-hmm. In recapping it with you guys, I think... He was just trying to murder as many humans as possible. Mm-hmm. I think. Okay. He, here Through ends, the power of carnival. <laughs> through the art of carnival. All right. <laughs> All right, Dave. How many how many Pagliacci's? Five. Five. <laughs> I loved it. It this is the Rambo of robots for me. <laughs> it's so good. I will watch this stupid inane show every single day. Wow, what a blast. Um and but Psykill's plan? You know, we're watching this through the lens of the good guys, right? Mm-hmm. I, I question if they are the good guys. I think Psykill just wants to become a carny, live that carny life. <laughs> and I think his plan is just to become a carny, art carny or a regular carny, and run a fair. You know, Nick has to spoil it, and he thinks he has to scare Nick, and mm-hmm. and all this, all that stuff. And it just, it's just this, this series of unfortunate events that that leads to Psykill's. You know, the dismantling of this carnival. Mm-hmm. Chalen, can we get a quick Jim Carrey from you for his role in a series of unfortunate events? I don't know. I don't know what that is. No, but truly this is a series of unfortunate events. No. I'm going to give this five Pagliacci's as well. <laughs> this is like a beautiful train wreck. Like I said, it's in a lot of ways the spiritual inspiration behind this. And I think how else could I give it anything less? Like it was insane. It was clearly just a toy commercial for shitty toys. None of it made any sense whatsoever. But damn it, 
it was a mess that was fun. And I think the plan in the end was to get the psychic on the moon somehow. And everything else was like the mousetrap setup. You know, everything from recruiting Dr. Hellstrom, getting him an education, sending him to Unicom to build the machine to fuck up Mira so she could get to the bedroom so that Blockhead could kidnap her while concurrently selling a carnival to people who would let you run it as a carnival and build rides so that you could put up a scrambler so that the guardians could go try to find the scrambler and you at the carnival and couldn't do it and then could follow you to the carnival so that you could shoot at them from a roller coaster but there were train tracks at the carnival and then you would go on a rocket with flip top imagine being the people so they can go to the moon right (laughs) being the people that bought the carnival the used carnival pieces and they're like oh and it comes with operators Mm -hmm. oh and we'll have an audience oh what do i have to do here it's like the best investment ever Mm -hmm. the only thing you have to do is let these renegades commit to their rube goldberg machine (laughs) right it's a beautiful thing i i'd like to see you know like in home alone where kevin draws like the map of his house and all the traps he's going to set in every room i'd like to see like that layout from cycle's perspective of like the map of this area and how all of these pieces like interlocked (laughs) And if he steps here, he gets hit with a paint can. (laughs) So for tonight's game, I obviously enjoy Challenge of the GoBots. And I noticed that the names behind these characters were a little non-creative at points. You know, you had Psykill, which I think is supposed to be like a takeoff of Cyborg. You had Copter. And I went down the rabbit hole here. Alpha and Spanky. I noticed that a lot of the GoBots had really strange names. So based off of Challenge of the GoBots, I'd like to play a game with you guys called Challenge of the GoBots. I'm going to read you a description of a GoBot, and I'm going to give you some options. Uh, We'll go back and forth here. So it's a multiple choice game. You will also have the option in all of these to shout out, is this a character that I made up? So is it real or fake? No, no. There are multiple choices. Not real or fake. Not this or that. It's very different. It's A, B, C, or D. Okay. Who would Is like to go this, first? Is it this, that, the other thing, or a different one? Or not a real GoBot. No. Who would like to go first? Dave I'll can go. go first. One of the renegades. He is the resident renegade mad scientist and is depicted as speaking with a thick German accent. His alternate mode of a Porsche is identical to the Decepticon Transformer named Dead End. Is this character called Eugenitech? Herr Fiend, Octung, or did I invent this character? You can't attack. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it's D, you invented this character. No, the character is Herr Fiend. Oh my Herfiend? god. Herr Fiend. H E R R. Oh, Herr Fiend. Herr Fiend. Okay. Oh, man. Woof, what a name. Wow, Herr Fiend's name. Woof. Woof. All right, Jalen. A female guardian GoBot who turns into a space shuttle. Is this Spacey, Shutlore, Muna, or did I make this character up? You made this character up, Ben. This character is named Spacey. Like Stacy? Yes. Spay spelled S-P-A-Y dash C. 
Wow. The show was huge with their dashes in between names. So you guys are 0 for 2 here. Is that like... Voice, voiced by the House of Cards actor. <laughs> <laughs> Let me be frank. <laughs> a true monster. Now... <laughs> Jesus, yeah. Sorry. Sorry about him. Up. Bad to you. One of the soldiers of the renegade leader, Psykill, he turns into a forklift. So it's a male. Is it Liftazod, Strongo, Spoons, or none of the above? B? Strongo? Yeah. Nope, the character's name is Spoons. Uh, He's a a forklift. His name is Spoons. That was too stupid to be... Oh, man. I would like to know... What's up? In the writer's room, Uh how many of the people were over the age of seven? Uh, Too many, clearly. I feel like it was just a whole bunch of seven-year-olds and one adult who was like, okay, here's a character. <laughs> Listen, we got- What should we name him? We have 20 minutes to name 150 characters. Ah, uh, he's a forklift. Uh, what's like fork spoons? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right, Shailen, back to you. A guardian loyal to leader one that can turn into a big drill. Is this drill bit, swirly, spinzo, or none of the above? Spinzo. No, this is what I made up. Damn it. <laughs> you guys are scoreless. We were halfway through the game. <laughs> this may be a, a first score wins. All right, Dave, back to you. Okay. One of Psykill's minions. He's a rough street punk, always ready with an insult and looking for a fight. He's actually smarter than he lets on, preferring to let others underestimate him. Like most GoBots, bad boy. Oh, I gave it away. Fuck. Was it bad boy? Yes. Well, let's play. Let's play out the string. I'm like, ah, he's my favorite character. <laughs> his alternate mode being like combat jet. Tattoos. He also has hand blasters. Your options would have been Bad Boy, Maverick, Top Gun, or none of the above. I wouldn't mind if they hand blasted me. They're <laughs> <laughs> all Bad Boy. Well, I fucked the game, but it's okay. Uh, A grand tradition continues. Shailen, back sorry. to you. Still zero points. A renegade GoBot who turns into a dune buggy. Is this Tracks, Sand Digger, Buggy Man, or none of the above? Please don't say B. It's Trex. The answer is Buggy Man. The GoBot is called Buggy Man. Okay. <laughs> we've got Ooh. we've got one round left for both of you, and if not, I will uh, do a little live research. Where we will have a winner. All right. A renegade loyal to Psykill who turns into a scorpion-like monster. Dave, is this Scorpionok, creepy, Stinger, or is this a character I invented? Scorponok. Scorponok is a transformer. The answer is creepy. Motherfucker. The creepy. Scorp- that is the worst name for a villain. <laughs> oh, he's so creepy. Do you think Psykill named all of these? Like Psykill and Leader One named all of their minions? Yeah, it's like the scene I in do. Reservoir Dogs where he's like, You're Mr. Pink. You're Mr. Brown. <laughs> you're Mr. Blue. You're Scorpio. All right. You're a bad boy. Uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> Earl Bad Boy. Shailen? Oh my God. Ready. This is your chance to take it. This is the last round I have before I have to panic and think of a way to, to differentiate. A renegade that turns into a big axe that Psykill will hold in battle. Is this axe handle, Chopazoid, Paul Bunyan, or a character that I made up? I really sincerely hope you made this up. Is that your final answer? Yes. The answer is correct. I, I did make this Woo! one up. Winner! Paul Bunyan is sadly not a character. I'm going to call it a half tie because I gave away that answer that I meant to anonymize. Yeah, I think that Dave would have picked Bad Boy um, just on this 
That may, maybe so. I totally would have picked yeah, that. Maybe so. I would have picked any bad boy. Like he's got tattoos and a <laughs> sleeveless leather vest. All right. You know what? Give me one second. Let's see if I can find a quick tiebreaker here. There we go. Okay. We're going to do one tiebreaker round to, to rule them all. And I'm coming up with this at the top of my head. I am going to just start. I'm going to describe this character as I see it. I'm going to start throwing names out there. You guys give a shout when you think that I have hit the real name, okay? Okay. So I don't know if this is Guardian affiliated or Renegade affiliated. I'm going on the fly here. It's a pair of binoculars. When you guys hear the real one, buzz in somehow, okay? Goggles. Specs. Seabot. Specs. Incorrect. Damn it. glasses. <laughs> Binoc. Leader one. Seabot. It's Binoc. God damn it. It's a tie. The God game is a tie. It. <laughs> the, the, <laughs> it's Binoc. The game is a tie. I accept half of the trophy. And I'm happy to share it with Dave, who will also be forced to accept half of a trophy. There's also a GoBot called Thruster. So mm. <laughs> do with that as you will. So I bet he's a bad boy, too. <laughs> damn it. <laughs> that was... Challenge of the GoBots themed game. Challenge of the GoBots. And a good time was had by all. Indeed. Onto the mailbag. Hello, nerds. With the Rona going around, lots of summer fairs and such have been canceled. I find I'm quite sad at the prospect of having to eat giant turkey legs in my home instead of while I glare at other people's children in public places. It makes me wonder... What fairs or fair foods do you like best? XOXO Jim Patterson. Well, we went on a journey with Jim Patterson, but we got to the question. What fairs or fair foods do you enjoy? And I don't want any fair weather answers. Oh, <laughs> fried dough. Oh, hot, 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 hot. It was my, my thing. <laughs> fried dough or a funnel cake, depending on your... Uh, your locale. No. It's fried dough. Now, how, how, Funnel cakes are different than fried dough. What do you get on your fried dough? Put the classic powdered sugar. You put cinnamon on that, and I'm going to kill you. So you look like a real cokehead. Yeah. yeah. I disagree with Dave. I think you need cinnamon. Ben, where are you on fried dough? I, as long as there's butter, I really don't give a fuck. Mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. Have you seen? Uh, I was at a fair uh, last September, and someone put pizza sauce and mozzarella cheese on fried dough. I have seen that. It did not look good. It's a no, terrible idea, no, no, but I've that. seen it. There's no way that that's no, that not a, delicious. Think about a, a deep fried oh, That pizza. is a sweet treat. No. Dough I, is dough. No. No. Dough is dough, and that's faux show. That's that's in the Carney Code. Two to one. Uh, We're right. Yeah. Ben's wrong. I would not put pizza sauce and pepperoni and cheese on a donut. like, Or on a pancake. Yeah. Maybe, oh, maybe I would put it on a donut. Mm-hmm. You know what? I'm going to go get a pizza donut. I'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag pizza donut. So I remember one time at a Renaissance fair, mm-hmm. I didn't want to eat the meat because I saw a whole bunch of cats eating out of the dumpster and I was freaked out about it. What? Yeah. <laughs> what? 
are you talking about? We walked by the like the fried food stand and like where all the meat was uh-huh. being served, like the turkey legs. So there and were stuff. cats eating out of the garbage and that made you not want to eat the food from the stand? When I say there were cats, I mean there were like dozens of like cats crawling around and I was like, Why so is there heaven. so much It's like a night of a thousand cats. <laughs> Indeed. I flew my helicopter there several times. Yeah. Playboy millionaire Hugo. <laughs> Instead, I, I chose a, a frozen sweet treat from a cart that was unassociated from the cats, completely separate from the cats. And what was that frozen sweet treat? <laughs> it was a chocolate. Wait, hold on. Before we get there, what was the weather like that day? Hot. <laughs> Unbearable <it> hot. <laughs> Said fair weather. What, what, how many trees were there? I didn't count we them. We need to paint more of a picture. Was the, uh, the outskirts of the fairground just dappled with, uh, with <laughs> conifer furs? Yes, and cranberry box. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Ready? Chocolate dipped frozen cheesecake on a stick. Yep, yep. Ooh. Okay. That was well worth the wait. And it was completely untouched by felines, Mm -hmm. which makes it better than the the rest of the food there. Yeah, once a cat touches your food, you've got like um, cat sickness. You've heard of cat scratch fever. That shit's real. Yeah. I've I've heard that song. It's great. You get the mescaline and all that stuff. So that's your answer? Cat scratch fever. You ate a, a frozen cheesecake one time. That's your go-to. Frozen chocolate dipped cheesecake, cheesecake on a stick. <laughs> frozen chocolate dipped cheesecake. What is this? The Texas State Fair? Ha. Like the bad boy of sandwiches. I love it. Hashtag everything's bigger in Texas. I like the classics. <laughs> I like a root beer float. I like a corn dog. Mm. There's nothing better than a fair corn dog because you get so excited for it, and then they fucking cook it badly. So the outside is scalding hot, and the the hot dog itself is like a smidge above frozen. But it's okay. That's you're there for the experience of it. I feel like in Massachusetts, we don't get the insane fair foods. Like there was a travel channel show for a while where all the guy did was go to fairs, and it's people like they're making like fried butter and Coke dip fucking chicken burgers with chocolate salt, and you're like, oh man, that looks crazy. And you go to a fair in Massachusetts, and it's like, yeah, they're fries, but they're curly. <laughs> yeah. We serve these ones with vinegar. Yeah. It's pizza, but it's a little taller. Like I, and, and this is no surprise, I like gimmick food. Frozen beer, I would have it. Deep fried beer, I would have that. Like, I want to try these weird things. I like deep fried Oreos. We had frozen beer at Disney World. Yeah, it was bad. It was bad. Listeners, though, if you have access, well, you wouldn't this year because all the fairs are being canceled. This right. fucking virus. Well, listeners, if you are a carnival or fair truck owner, you want to make me some deep fried shit and put it in the mail, hit us up at WatchBotsPod. Hashtag Cookie Couldn't Carney. <laughs> That's good. I was going to say fair to Ben. And either works. Hit us up with that hashtag. I'll DM you my street address and you can mail me some of that stuff or the ingredients. I'll make it myself. We should take the deep fryer out this week. It's true. Good history with that deep fryer. It's got to be 90% of our listeners are carny folk, right? Oh, yeah. At least. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I appreciate them deeply. Yeah, because they know that we're, we're down with the culture. We're down with the cause. Down with the clowns. I've had many a good con- conversation with carnies. And with deep priors. So so thank you, thank you, Jim, for that question. If you want to join in for a question that we actually answered this week, email at watchbotspod.com. It took us a long time. 
I don't think I teased this episode more than once, but I feel good that we've discussed Challenge of the GoBots, that it was everything that I thought it could be. Mm. I feel strongly about that. I think it was great. Strongly positive. Can't wait to hear what's next. <laughs> more Challenge of the GoBots. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Only Challenge of the GoBots. This is now a GoBots podcast. We will do the Rock Monster movie. The Rock Monster but it wasn't a rock <laughs> it was a rock monster <laughs> it, it was named Magmar <laughs> but it wasn't a trap <laughs> <laughs> it was a carnival you can follow us on Twitter on Instagram on Jiffy on SoundCloud at WatchBotsPod please read and subscribe and, and all that good shit if you're listening you've heard this before for Dave and for Shalyn, this is Ben. Thank you for listening to another episode of WatchBots and enjoy the summer season. Wear your masks. And speaking of masks, a celebrity just walked in. Where? Who? Canadian <gasps> actor extraordinaire, Jim Carrey. Jim, I, I know you missed most of the episode, but we just talked about GoBots. We're talking about masks. Anything you would like to say to our loyal, rabid fan base? Jim, I feel like I set you up for 15 or 20 minutes of preamble there. So I feel like you must have... You're just... You're stunned into silence. One of your famous quips. You know, I'll be be that asshole fan. Can you just say already then for me, Jim? How about... Don't go in there. How about Ray Finkel? Can you give me a Ray Finkel? I was going to do it, and you interrupted. Damn it. No, we're, we're looking for Jim Carrey. Just say, like, no, it's a it's a cardigan, but thanks, man. <laughs> Jason Voorhees? Do you not remember the fight? The, the... Jim Cag? Yes. Oh, <laughs> fuck. No, I'm just kidding. But one of your famous lines from Batman Forever. I'm not doing it. Hold on. How about here's a riddle for you? Ooh, come on. I, I got a good follow-up. Blind as a bat. <laughs> e. Nigma. Edward Nigma. Well, that wasn't you, Jim, but that's fine. Bye. Bye. <laughs>